Hi, my name's Ryan Perry. I'm the pastor at Seneca Baptist Church, and we are so thankful that you're joining us in this online resource. Our prayer for you is that this resource would not replace your active involvement in a local body of Christ, but would rather be supplemental to it. If you are interested in getting further connected to the ministry of Seneca Baptist Church or to giving financially, please visit our website, SenecaBaptist.org. Thank you and enjoy. I'm so thankful to be with you today. It is a good day to worship. This week has been hard. Can I just say that? Um, in, in the life of our church in the past few weeks, we have had surgeries and broken bones and deaths. And it's been hard. And so I'm, I'm so thankful this morning for the songs that we sang. Christ our hope in life and death. What truth can calm a troubled soul? God is good. God is good. I, I'm just thankful that we have a living hope this morning. And it's, it's in that hope we gather and we sing and we praise this one whose name is above every name. And I'm excited to be with you today. And I hope you're excited too. Today, I want to come to our, this, this theme on the screen. This theme on the screen is our 2024 theme. And, and it's called Equipped for Service, Sent with Purpose. Equipped for Service. That's, we're going to talk a little about that equipping today. Equipped for service, sent with purpose. And, and so we're going to be focusing on so much this year. What is our outreach strategy? How are we going to reach out to our community right around our church? How are we going to impact lostness around us? And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the direction that we believe the Lord is leading us. I'm excited about about just the opportunity to engage lostness in our community and around the world. I'm excited because I believe that the gospel is the power of God for salvation, that Jesus Christ lived, died, and rose for our sins. And that truth has the ability to save people from eternal condemnation and grant them an inheritance in the kingdom of God. Isn't that good news? Are you sure that's good news? Some of you, if that's good news in your heart, we need to tell our faces this morning. Because your face might not line up with the heart, okay? It's good news. And so this idea of being sent into our community with purpose, the purpose is to see people bow their knee to Jesus to trust Him with their lives. And that's what we want to see. And for that to be true, we need to make sure that our personal, uh, individual, spiritual lives are being equipped for that purpose. So that's what we want to talk about today. Equipped for 
service. So last week, last week we talked about uh, out of the book of Acts chapter 6, the two offices of the church, and the two offices of the church that we see in the scriptures are pastor and deacon. Pastor and deacon. And they are both servants in the church. The pastor serves by leading. The deacon leads by serving. The pastor is a deacon of the word and prayer. The deacon is one who serves by meeting physical needs within the church to protect the unity of the church so that the ministry of the word goes forward. And so we saw that as we looked last week at Acts chapter 6. And in, in verse 7, it says the church multiplied in number. When deacons were deaconing and pastors were pastoring, the church multiplied. The word of God went forward and God received more glory. And that's what we want to see. And so today, we're going to talk about the role of the leader in that, or the pastor leader, and the role of the member in that, okay? And so I want to look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, and the first thing in this scripture that we're going to see is the role of the leader, pastor leader, okay? Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, the first thing that we see is he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Okay, so who is the he at the beginning of the verse 11? Now, the he is Jesus. Jesus gave these. And now, here's the picture. Here's the picture. Um, when a king in those days would go off to battle and he would be victorious and he would come back into his kingdom, there would be a parade and people would, would line the roads for uh, often miles to see the, the victorious king entering into his kingdom. And as he's going through, he would throw out gifts and people would throw out gifts. Because there was blessing and there was celebration and there was victory. And this is the picture that we see now. We have a king whose name is Jesus. And he has conquered sin, death, and the grave for you and me. And he is a victorious king coming in and it says he gave gifts. What are these gifts? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. These are the gifts that he gave to the church. What's the purpose of these people. It is, look at the screen underlined there, to equip the saints. He gave these apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. That word shepherd is the Greek word poimenos, or, or, or it's the verb poimeno, which means to shepherd, or to care for, or to lead. It's the word for pastor. It's the word for pastor. And so we see that he gave those for the purpose of equipping, equipping the saints, to equip the saints. And that is what our role is as pastor leaders. Pastors, that word equip is the word katartismos. I know that makes so much sense to you. King James Version says perfecting. King James Version says perfecting. Now, the word equipped, we talked about this last April a little bit. The word equipped was used for two things in this day. So let me give you some context. One word that, or one idea that this word equipped was used for is the idea of mending broken nets. So I love fishing. I love fishing, but nets with holes are not very effective. Okay, nets with holes don't work very well. I, I, I remember um, landing a large fish one day with a net with a hole in it. 
I netted the fish, began to celebrate, and the fish slid right out of the bottom of the net, and I lost it. It does not work. And so this is the idea. It was used for, the word equip is to mend a torn net. It's also to reset a broken bone. To reset a broken bone. And Miss Paula could tell us all about the need for that. That when we have a bone that is broken or out of joint, what we have is a, a member of our body that cannot accomplish what God intended it to accomplish. Are you with me, church? Have you ever had a bad knee? A bad hip? A bad back? You, you have a bad back and everything goes out. If your back is out of alignment... Your whole body is out of alignment. You can't do anything. This is the point. He uses the word uh, quip here. And the King James uses perfecting, but it's not like, hey, I'm lacking just a little to be perfect. It's rather the idea was not to simply supply what's lacking, but to help an item be fitted for its created or intended purpose. You can't catch a fish with torn net. It defeats its intended purpose. All right? You cannot walk on a broken leg. To set it in place means that it will heal so that it will accomplish its purpose designed by the Creator. So here's the question. Are you a disciple of Jesus? And we're going to have varying answers. If I were to come to each one of you and ask you, are you a disciple of Jesus as an individual? Some of you would say, yes, I'm a a disciple of Jesus. Others of you would say, what in the world is a disciple of Jesus? And some of you would say, no, I'm not. But if you are a disciple of Jesus, which means one who follows and imitates the teacher. If you're a disciple of Jesus, that means God has created you on purpose for a purpose. He has designed you and gifted you. He has equipped you to fulfill a God-given purpose. And that God-given purpose is not so that you can um, live your life your way, but that God-given purpose is to be useful inside His kingdom. That's why He's created you. You have a specific role to fill. You were designed to know Jesus and to make Him known to declare the gospel of Jesus to those who are far from Him. And until we're equipped, we're torn nets or broken bones. So the word that He gives here, the picture is that He gave the office of pastor leader. Why? To equip the saints. So that they might fulfill their God-given purpose. So what's the purpose of the church? Now, I'm sure that if we asked, if we took a poll of every person here this morning, and there were 150 people here this morning, and we were to say, what is the purpose of the church? Guess how many answers we'd have? 192. We'd have more answers than people somehow. We would. But I need you to understand that God's church is intended to equip the saints so that we might take part in God's kingdom activity. Are you with me? That God has created you to join Him in what He does. Like Jesus says, I do what I see the Father doing. And that's what He has intended for you. That you would say, like I would say, I'm just doing what I see the Father doing. And the only way we can do that is if we're equipped to do it. 
So, what is the purpose of this equipping? Now let's look at uh, the next couple verses, or verse 12. We're going to look at the role of the member here. So, verse 12 says, to equip the saints, that's the role of the pastor leader, to equip the saints for the what? Work of ministry. Now, that Greek word right there, do you remember in Acts chapter 6 where we, we uh, underlined or highlighted three words last week? Yeah, that word is the same word in Acts chapter 6. It's the Greek word diakonia, which is the English word deacon. We get our English word deacon from that. The work of ministry. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. This is what the role of the member is. So if you are a member of God's church this morning... Your role is the work of ministry. There are two phrases in there that kind of describe that. Okay, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Then it continues on for the building up of the body of Christ. This is why God has created you. For the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. This, the role of the pastor is equip you, to equip you to be able to do the work of ministry and to build up the body of Christ. So the pastor, leader, that's what he does. And every one of us has the responsibility of serving God's church for the edification or building up of His church. Now, so that means the role of every church member is to be like our Savior Jesus, who said He did not come to be served, but to serve. Now, can, can we, let's just be honest. So many of us have looked for churches and what we've thought is, what can this church do for me? And so that's the way that we look about church membership. Is what does this one have to offer? What does it have to offer me? What does it have to offer my family? And I want you to understand that if you're asking those questions, you're asking the wrong questions. As a Christian... As a disciple of Jesus, the question you should be asking is not what does this church do for me, but how can I be involved in this church for to do the work of ministry and to build up the body of Christ? That's why God wants to plug you into a local body. Now that's different, isn't it? It's different from what our culture says. We're, we're shopping when we talk about church Shopping, we're looking for the best one that, that fits us. And so this is what we are to do. Now, if you were to ask people the role of the pastor, it would typically be like something like this. The role of the pastor is to visit the sick, in, encourage the hurting, teach the Bible, take care of folks, and... and to some degree, you'd be right. But I want you to grab your Bible and go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want you to open your word with me, and I want you to look. And as we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to see that, that we have a role in that also. Each one of us is members. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 12 says, We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you. To, so respect your pastor leaders. Okay, verse thirteen: to esteem them very highly in love because of their because of their work. He doesn't say he doesn't say agree with them on everything. He doesn't say that they're going to be perfect. Amen. Somebody, 
Um, he, he doesn't say any of those things, but what he says is esteem them highly, not because of them, but for the work. There's a greater importance. Then he says in verse uh, 14, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. Now, most often, if we were to ask you, what's the role of the pastor, it would be that list, wouldn't it? But who's he talking to? Is Paul talking to the pastor leader or is Paul talking to the members of the church? He's talking to the membership. So this is your job description and mine too, as a member of God's church, to admonish the idle, to encourage the faint-hearted, to help the weak, to be patient with everybody. This is why God has saved you. This is the work of the church. This is what we do. We do this together. You and I are responsible for caring for one another, for building one another up. The success of Seneca Baptist Church rests on the shoulders of each member as much as it rests on the shoulders of the pastor leader. This is what we're called to. This is what we're called to. So the pastor, leader, is to equip the saints. For what? The work of ministry. And and then the second thing is to build up the body of Christ. That that word for build up is the, the word that also comes with household or structure. So it's building up, it's edifying, it's strengthening, it's building on a strong foundation It's this idea to build up and make strong. So this is what you have been saved into the church and the pastor leader is equipping you for. The work of ministry and the building up of the body. Now what's the result? Let's look at the passage. Let's look at the result of the pastor leader doing what they're supposed to do. The member doing what they're supposed to do. What's the result? Look at verse 13. Uh, We're back in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13. Ephesians 4 13 says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we see three prepositional phrases that begin with the word to in here. Okay? And so the three prepositional phrases are until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. The second one is to mature manhood, and the third is to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So here are the three things that are the result of the pastor leader equipping the church and the church fulfilling the work of ministry and building up the body. This is what we see. First is the unity of faith. Unity comes... Unity comes when we are fulfilling our God-given roles. When you're doing what you ought to do and I'm doing what I ought to do, that is when unity comes. Unity does not come uh, or is not based on agreement about everything. Think about Jesus' 12 disciples. You've got a tax collector, fishermen, who the tax collector used to tax, You've got a zealot who absolutely hates Rome, 
and think about them agreeing about everything. Do you think they were unified because they were in agreement about everything? They were, in uni- they were unified because they had a mission. And they understood their role in the mission that God gave them. We have a mission. We have a mission to help every person become a more devoted disciple of Jesus or to get real biblical on it, to go and make disciples of all nations. That's our mission. That's our mission. That mission brings us unity. When we are fulfilling our God-given roles, we walk in unity. Why? Because we overlook things because the mission is greater than my preferences. Because it's not about me. It's about Him being known and loved and treasured by people who are far from Him. So when we are, when pastor leaders are equipping the saints and the work of ministry is being done and the building of the body of Christ is being done, the goal, the result is the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. When you're serving in your God-intended role, you will know the Father more than you've ever known the Father. Knowledge of God is not sitting in a room all by yourself studying the Scriptures. Knowledge of the Father is joining Him in mission. God is omnipresent, I know. God is in that room when you're all by yourself. And we ought to get away and disconnect and be alone with God. And you will never know God apart from His Word. But it is not simply looking into the Word. It is fulfilling our created or intended purpose. The second thing that we see, the second result, is this idea of to mature manhood. Until we all reach this maturity. Now look at me, lean in. I'm going to make you mad real quick. Maturity does not equal age. Just because you're old doesn't mean you're mature. Maturity comes from walking out my intended purpose. From being Christ-like. Maturity is growing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man like Jesus did. Maturity is not tenure. Judas walked with Jesus three years. And I don't think any one of us would say he attained Mature manhood. Some of us think we're mature because we have head knowledge. That's not maturity. There's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom. Amen? There are some people who are way too smart for their own good. Ain't got no wisdom. Or maybe in the South we call it common sense. There's a big difference between knowing stuff and then knowing what to do with the stuff that I know. 
And when we look around at the state of the church, and I'm not just picking on us, but the church in the United States of America, I don't see the perfect picture of maturity when we look at the church. Amen? But that should be our goal. That should be our aim. And it happens when pastor leaders are equipping saints for the work of ministry and saints are fulfilling the ministry and they're, they're building up the body of Christ. It happens. The third thing is it says at the end of verse 13, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, Pastor Ken loves this word. This word that is the word fullness of Christ. It is the Greek word pleroma. And in Colossians chapter 1, uh, Jesus is called the pleroma of God. He is the fullness of God. In Him, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And then um, in Ephesians, it talks about how we are the fullness of Christ. Now think about that beautiful thought. That Jesus is the fullness of God. So when you look at Jesus Christ, you're looking at none other than the face of God. Jesus says, to know me is to know the Father. And here in this passage, the goal of the pastor leader equipping and the people fulfilling the work of ministry is that we would attain to the stature of of the fullness of Christ, that not just in you would people see the fullness of Christ, but in the body would people see a picture of the fullness of Jesus living in you, us as a body, and through us as a body. That is an incredible thought that Jesus desires to live in his fullness through us as we fulfill the Great Commission. As we live on this kingdom agenda. Are you with me, church? That's what the world needs. They don't need more Seneca Baptist Church. They need more Jesus. They need to see the body of Christ living that out. Okay, so what happens? What happens? I want you to look on the other side at verse 14. It says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. When I look at the state of the church, this is a lot of what I see. They're, they're carried about. They're tossed to and fro. Every wind of doctrine. I mean, do you see the picture that he's painting of a, a little bitty boat on a big ocean in a storm? And the wind is battering it this way, and the wind's blowing it this way, and the waves are beating against it, and it's going wherever the wind takes it. That's what I see when I look at the church. And this is what we ought not to be. So we may no longer be children, but we might grow into maturity. In verse 15, it says, rather than being these children who are tossed to and fro, rather, speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up. Paul just kind of put his finger in our chest right there, didn't he? He looked at us and he said, hey, y'all, it's time for us to grow up. 
We, we look back in January, the beginning of January, that the Psalms says that we might be ever full of, uh, full of sap and green. That's what it means to be mature, that we're always producing fruit. It's time for us to grow up. And those who are mature in Christ are always producing fruit in their own lives and the fruit of the gospel. We're to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ. And then verse 16, from whom the whole body joined together, or joined and held together by every joint which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now, if you have a joint that is not functioning properly, it takes away the strength of the members connected to it. I walked into the bathroom this morning and I said, Liz, I'm worried about my shoulder. People go, what'd you do to it? I, I don't know, man. I slept on it. I'm old, okay? I hit 40 and it's all downhill after that. I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't know. But there are certain things that I can do and certain things that I cannot do with my left arm right now. And I don't know why. And it's something in that joint. But let me tell you, that joint right there, when you mess with that joint, it takes away the strength of that arm. I know my arms are so big, right? It'd be better if I had Jackson kind of arms. I just, I don't care that much to lift heavy stuff. But when my joint's not working, uh, it takes away the strength from my whole left side. He, he mentions this, this point right here, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it's equipped or empowered. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow. So that it builds itself up in love. So let me, let me kind of land this plane for us this morning. I, I want you to understand the role of the pastor leader. I want you to understand that you have a role inside God's church, and it's probably not what you thought, maybe walking in the door this morning. You have much more active role than you might have ever imagined, and God will use you far more than he, you could ever imagine to be used if you will surrender yourself to the head who is Christ. He will use you in a huge way. So I want to ask you three kind of reflection questions or application questions. The first is, are you a disciple of Jesus? Have, have you turned from your sin and turned to Christ for salvation? Have you trusted that Jesus lived and died and rose from the grave so that you might be saved? Have you committed your life to following him no matter the cost? That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Have you done that? If you have not, if you've never trusted in Jesus, I encourage you, don't leave this place today without trusting Jesus because you're not promised tomorrow. Christopher and I looked at each other this morning when we got to the office and it was like, hey again, it's been a crazy week. I think in the last two weeks, Christopher and I together have been a part of five funerals. You're not promised tomorrow.
So don't, don't put off till tomorrow what you know God's calling you to do today. So if He's calling you to follow Him, follow Him. Second question is, are you maturing in Christ? Not are you getting old. Are you maturing? Are you becoming more like Jesus? Is your wisdom growing? Is your fruit producing? If not, you might need to go back to question one. Because when you're connected to the head, let me tell you something. When you're connected to Jesus, you'll begin to bear fruit. He says, if you abide in the vine, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Are, are, are you maturing in Christ? Third thing, is your membership at Seneca Baptist Church strengthening God's church and expanding God's kingdom? Because that's what you were designed to do. To strengthen His church and to expand His kingdom. Now, you can't do it, but Christ and you can. Again, when you're, when you're abiding in the vine, God can do amazing things through broken vessels. And that's all we are. But are you a disciple? Are you maturing? And is your membership strengthening God's church, expanding God's kingdom? Maybe God is speaking to you today. Would you stand with me? Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Unless we're going to close and kind of have a time of invitation. And then we're going to have a deacon ordination. But maybe God's speaking to you. And maybe He's convicting you this morning and saying, Ryan, you are not. The person that I want you to be. You're not fulfilling your intended purpose. Maybe you're not a disciple of Jesus. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? This morning, if, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never put your faith in Him, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to trust Him. I see new faces around our congregation this morning, and, and maybe that's you. Maybe you didn't know why you came and now you realize that God brought you here to meet Him, to be saved. If that's you and you want to meet Jesus and become a disciple of Christ, would you just slide your hand up? It's just me looking. Every other head is bowed, every other eye is closed. Today I want to follow Jesus, Ryan. Would you just slide your hand up? I see you. Anybody else? Father, we come into your presence and we pray these, these three questions that you would bring us clarity in our own lives. That we would know for certain that we are disciples of Jesus, that we are maturing in Christ, and that we are being useful in your kingdom. Father, there are some among us today who are not a member of a, a church yet. Um, and they're looking and we're asking that you would bring them and knit them to the body of Christ here at Seneca Baptist. We want you to build your kingdom because we want to be together on mission for you. And so grow your church. Well, Lord, I, I pray that in these moments as we sing, your word would have a, a great effect in our hearts and you'd bring us to our knees and then fill us 
as we leave. We love you, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, you respond as we sing if you need to.